The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Joe Berlinger is an Emmy-winning and Academy Award-nominated filmmaker as well as a pioneer in the genre of true crime. His films include those on Ted Bundy and The Killing of Jessica Chambers. His most recent directorial effort is the thriller docuseries about the infamous Bernie Madoff case. It is streaming now on Netflix as I have filmmaker Joe Berlinger on the line right now in New York City. Hey Jim, what's happening man? Joe, welcome, thank you, and congratulations on your latest series, Madoff, The Monster of Wall Street. Obviously, it's a huge global Ponzi scheme that he was behind, and your series has actually has never before seen depositions of Madoff. What what did you learn there? Yeah, uh, we were very lucky to acquire these video depositions. Uh, these depositions came from victim lawsuits during the clawback period, which not to get overly complicated, but once the Ponzi scheme was found out, uh, a process was put in place to claw back. You know, there were net winners and net losers of the Ponzi scheme. And so uh, a trustee was appointed by by the by SIPC, uh to try to claw back money. And so there were victim lawsuits against those clawbacks because it was an unfair process. But that's probably too complicated for your question. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, I, I'm. No, how no, difficult no. was it to get those depositions that you could uh, that you could see? Yeah, it wasn't that. Uh, it wasn't that difficult to be honest. Just no one had ever asked the person who. There's a lawyer named Helen Chapman, a well-known litigator who was representing victims in these clawback lawsuits, preventing trying to prevent some of the clawbacks from happening because they were essentially unfair. Uh, and she was willing to let us use them. And it was it, it's tremendous insight into the into the mind of the psychopath. What do we learn here that we might not have heard before? Well, it's interesting. You know, I've done a lot of serial killer shows uh, of late yeah. on Netflix, Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy and yep. John Wayne. Um, and, and to me, it just kind of solidified this idea that Bernie, when you hear him talk, you know, he, you know, I, he's like a financial serial killer. He's, he, he, he bears very yeah. similar traits to the serial killers I've made shows about, you know, he lacks empathy, you know, any, anybody who would take their, take a widow's retirement savings and, you know, suck it all into his Ponzi scheme and watch that woman's life get destroyed. Certainly can't have any empathy or, or the, or the fact that he, you know, put his family in this kind of a position. So he lacked empathy. We look, you know, and, and you see that on those tapes, he blames his victims, which to me is fascinating. He blames his victims for the Ponzi scheme because of their greed, yeah. which is very, or, you know, Bundy and John Wayne Gacy, you know, uh, all blamed their victims for putting themselves in a position, you know, th- that they would be then victimized by uh, by these serial killers. So there's there's a lot there's a lot of interesting similarities. And, of course, you know, the the, the trail of of death and destruction that they leave behind, uh, you know, certainly Bernie uh, was a financial crime. You know, uh, there was a big body count, sadly, uh after the Ponzi scheme exploded. Uh, by the way, uh, a little off topic, but is this case involving Brian Koberger, speaking of a serial killer and those Idaho college kids, 
Is that something you might be looking at in the future, uh, investigating? Well, I'm not really supposed to say, but you could imagine. <laughs> You can imagine it's a subject that fascinates me, particularly yeah. particularly if it's true that, you know, he was studying criminology and then trying to execute the perfect crime. That's that's, uh, you know, a fascinating dynamic. Right. Now, your contention as far as Madoff is concerned is that when he was found out, instead of the usual way of perhaps maybe trying to delay trial, he wanted to go right into prison, yes? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's been given a lot of credit, you know, as having done the noble thing, uh, you know, sparing his family, the, the, the glare of the press and, uh, you know, spare, you know, taking the fall that he did it alone and, and giving himself up and putting himself in prison. There was so much dirty money in those hedge funds, you know, cartel money, Russian mob money, you know, 200 of his, of the feeder funds that invested in Madoff were outside of the United States. Um, and so, you know, I have no way of proving this, but my feeling is that, he wanted to get himself off the streets, uh, you know, that it wasn't some grand noble gesture on his part. He was just, you know, looking for protection. Uh, you know, you could argue right. that if the mob really wanted him, they could, they, they could knock him off in prison. If the, if the mob really wanted to punish him, they'd hurt his family members. You know, those are all good counter arguments, but I think he wanted to get himself in a safe location as quickly as possible. Madoff certainly didn't act alone. Tell me about his trusted right-hand man, Frank DePascali. Yeah, you know, he, he, he met Frank uh, at a gas station, and this was a kid from Howard Beach in, in Queens, and, you know, never would have aspired to, you know, a multi-million dollar salary, a mansion in New Jersey, uh, big yacht. Uh, he was a guy who, you know, didn't have a college education, but he was the, he was the perfect henchman for, uh, you know, for Bernie. He's the guy who figured out, you know, how to create these fake statements and did all the paperwork. And, you know, he claims that he didn't, you know, he claims that he didn't realize it was a Ponzi scheme, uh, that he thought that, Bernie had the assets tucked away somewhere, but he admits and admitted to knowing that all the trades were fake. So, you know, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for a guy who thought that the assets were tucked away somewhere, uh, but but knowingly did fake trades uh, and, and created fa a fake paper trail. When the feds came in, he knew his, his goose was cooked. And so he flipped and became a cooperating witness and provided a lot of the information to the feds that allowed them to, you know, prosecute Bernie. Frank was a heavy smoker and got cancer right around the time he was going to be sentenced himself. And, and so he never, he died and never actually was sentenced and never went to jail. Madoff was a financial star at one time. I mean, even advising the Securities and Exchange Commission after the, what, the 87 market yeah. crash. And he was even instrumental in the formation of NASDAQ. It's just amazing, isn't it, how how this guy just went off in a completely different direction? It is, it is pretty astounding. It's one of the more interesting uh, aspects of the story to me. You know, I mean, one of the reasons I did, uh, you know, I, I was happy to do this story is I'm actually a bit of a, a stock market geek and enjoy uh -huh. trading 
being a stock guy. And, you know, I spend a half hour a day on my online Schwab, Charles Schwab account, you know, playing in the morning, most mornings. That electronic trading was made possible by Bernie Madoff. I mean, he there was a time where if you weren't listed on the New York or American stock exchanges, you you know, your stock was traded in these various off the exchange, very opaque markets where there was no price transparency you could pay one one price for a stock in boston another price you know very different price in texas and so bernie basically created computerized trading and created what became the nasdaq by taking all these opaque markets and kind of creating one computer screen so to speak which was the forerunner of nasdaq which became the forerunner of electronic trading that we all benefit from today. So he would have been successful in his own right, and yet he took this kind of twisted path. Joe's docuseries on Bernie Madoff is now streaming on Netflix. I've enjoyed all of your work. I can't wait to to watch this, really get into it. Joe, well done, as usual. Uh, sure. thank, thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is really a great series because Joe had such unique access to whistleblowers, investigators, and victims, and I thought it was really really interesting that Madoff pleaded guilty immediately as an act of self-preservation. Remember, he stole from tens of thousands of investors, including Kevin Bacon, Larry King, hospitals, colleges, and even the New York Mets. Well, that does it for this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks so much for stopping by. See you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. 